Welcome to the Home Cook's Guide. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. I'm an above average home cook on a mission to help you elevate your everyday meals from ordinary to extraordinary. Aren't you tired of making the same boring meals every week? Well, I've got just the podcast for you. Every Monday episode will inspire you with new and diverse recipes. Together, we'll uncover the dish's rich history, we'll break down the ingredients, and talk through the step-by-step cooking process. Whether you're new to cooking or just looking for some weekly recipe inspo, this is the show for you. Be sure to follow on all social media platforms at The HCG Podcast for additional cooking inspo and show updates. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Home Cooks Guide. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell, and today we are rolling back the clocks to 2022 when lifestyle influencer Emily Mariko created a viral dish that took over the lunches and dinners of many a basic girl. To me, this dinner can be considered a girl dinner, but hey, any gender, race, creed, religion can come together to fall in love with Emily's iconic salmon rice bowl. I don't always fall for a TikTok recipe, but Emily's recipe included a lot of my favorite ingredients, such as kimchi, kewpie mayo, and salmon. I think this recipe really took off because it inspired everyday home cooks to try new ingredients and new food combinations that honor Japanese and Korean cuisines. This recipe will use some ingredients that you may not be familiar with or have immediate access to, but the beauty of 2024 is that all quote-unquote different ingredients can be found online Or let's just use this as a great opportunity to check out a local Asian market if there is one near the town you're in. And you might not know of an Asian market because you just don't know. So just throw it into your phone and you might be surprised to see how close by you actually live to an Asian market. I will post this recipe and the OG video that Emily posted in the show notes, along with some links to the specialty items that we mentioned on this show. So Emily is the quintessential influencer girly making foodie videos that aren't particularly developed like a proper chef, but nonetheless, they look good. She also posts fashion videos because she's tall and thin and obviously had a grandiose wedding full of bland looking people doing very wealthy looking things. Um, But again, here I am watching it. And I do believe I've watched videos of her doing laundry, which begs the question as to what I am doing with my life and the fact that I clearly need a new hobby. Granted, this is my hobby, so we're going to be unpacking that more next week. Make sure you tune in. (laughs) So this recipe was developed using leftover salmon and rice. So if that's the case for you, this will come together in about 15 minutes. But let's be real. Does anyone ever have leftover salmon? I don't think I ever have in my household. So if you're using fresh salmon and fresh rice, this will come together in approximately 30 minutes, depending on how long it will take to cook your rice. This recipe is meant for one. Again, we're embracing the girl dinner here. But of course, just double or triple the ingredients if you're cooking for another person or plan to make some for leftovers, which by the way, are banging here. I am the coworker at the office, heating up salmon or fish in the microwave, and frankly, I just let the haters hate. I am not going to not eat my bomb-ass leftovers because you can't stand the smell of fish in the kitchen for two minutes. Sorry, not sorry. We're starting this episode really on a high adrenaline note. (laughs) Alrighty, let's get into our ingredients. Obviously, salmon is the main protein in this dish. So salmon, obviously, you can buy fresh. You can get wild caught or farm raised. Both are really great sources of omega-3s and tons of other nutrients. Wild salmon is generally better for your overall health, but obviously it's expensive. Salmon itself is expensive. Fish is expensive. Everything's expensive. But this is also a great time where you can use canned salmon. 
you're not familiar with canned salmon, it's the same as canned tuna, which you can also use in this recipe, which I've made and was thrilled with the outcome. So cheaper option, quicker option if you don't have time to cook that salmon the night before or, you know, have your mystery leftover salmon. It's definitely a great option. And you can find canned salmon anywhere in the canned fish area of your supermarket, probably right near the tuna. Shocking. If you're like any normal person and don't have leftover salmon in your fridge, you can just cook a really, really simple salmon. Obviously, you could do it on your stovetop, skin side down, flip it over five, six minutes each side, or you could just throw it in the oven at 400. I would do skin side down on a baking sheet with no foil needed, add a little salt and pepper on top, and you should be good. Again, because this recipe is going to be full of delicious sauces and spices, you don't really have to go too hard with seasoning your salmon at this point. If you do go the baking route, it'll be about 12 to 15 minutes until the salmon is fully opaque and flaky and delicious on the inside. Again, use your nose, people. You will smell it. So if you are using fresh salmon, you will have the crispy, delicious skin on the bottom, which is a perfect little snack for any chef. I like hate dining with people who don't eat the crispy skin. I think it's a, a deplorable act to see that left on one's plate. I love to just eat it as like a little crunchy, salty little snack. And 10 out of 10 recommend that. Also, my dog goes crazy for it. She's looking at me right now and I feel like she knows I'm talking about salmon skin. That's how serious salmon skin is in this family. And by the way, the skin of the salmon actually holds the most nutrients in the entire salmon. So again, it's like fruit. You know, the outside of your apple has the most nutrients in the entire apple. So, you know, we don't want to be wasting all the good, healthy parts of the foods that we're eating. Again, if you're a little skeeved by (laughs) eating a salmon skin, (laughs) I don't know. I think you have to start leaning into it. We're going to need one cup of cooked rice, brown rice, basmati rice, yellow rice, whatever rice you have works here. Sushi rice might be a little sticky for the desired texture of the dish, so I would probably steer clear of that. Again, cook your rice just based on the instructions on the box, bag, wherever. Again, she suggests rice that was a day old or whatnot, so even if you have some leftovers from a takeout order, perfect time to use it. Also, you could just make it fresh. Because this dish has a lot of yummy sauces, you're going to want that rice to cool down a little bit because if it's too hot, then it might just be a little soggy and gnarly. Then, per her instructions, you will need one ice cube. This ice cube sent ripples through the internet. I saw an article in Huffington Post, which granted, they will literally write an article about uh, me having a hangnail, but that's besides the point we'll need one ice cube. And again, we'll only need this cube if you're going to be reheating salmon and rice leftovers. If you're cooking everything fresh, you don't need this ice cube. You also don't need this fucking ice cube in general anyways. But again, we're going with the video. We are going with it. We are going through the motions. We'll talk, we'll talk more about this cube. We will need one tablespoon of soy sauce. You might need a little bit more, but you can feel it out once you've mixed all the ingredients together. You can also swap in tamari for soy sauce, which is just a gluten-free alternative to soy sauce. Then we have one tablespoon of kewpie mayo or regular mayo if that is all you have. So kewpie mayo is peak kawaii, which if you don't know what kawaii is, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it's like the Japanese word for cute and adorable and just like, just adorable. I I can't really explain it. Please Google kewpie mayo if you don't know. It's K-E-W-P-I-E. And it's a Japanese mayo made with pasteurized egg yolks, a vinegar blend of apple cider vinegar, rice vinegar, and probably some kind of malt vinegar. 
there's vegetable oil and salt in there. And in Japan, their bottles contain MSG, which, you know what, the people who are about to roll their eyes at MSG being in their food, I, I just want to, you know, encourage you to look at the ingredients in, in your four pumps of caramel sauce you put into your goddamn Starbucks latte. And then you can call me. <laughs> that is a shots fired. That's a shots fired to you people because I trust anything a Japanese person will give me over anything that Starbucks would give me in terms of health comparison. Whew. <laughs> I got a little heated there. My heart just started racing a little faster. So QP mayo is a little bit different than your regular American mayo. It's richer. It's tangier. It's a little bit saltier. And again, it goes back to that kawaii energy. It comes in this squishy little bottle that I can't really describe it as I was prepping for this episode I was trying to like write out how this squishy bottle made me feel and I couldn't I I can't really describe it so you're gonna have to go buy it yourself there's also like a cute little naked baby on the packaging too which generally speaking would be creepy but I don't know somehow it's not creepy again we'll unpack that on a later episode so Kewpie Mayo has become a little bit more mainstream. A lot of people started purchasing Kewpie Mayo because of this recipe, which is really kind of cool. Regular mayo is obviously fine, but as I mentioned before, this recipe is a really good excuse for you to go to an Asian market because it's a lot cheaper than finding any kind of similar product in an American grocery store, as well as buying it online. If you buy it on Amazon, it's about $8 a bottle, which isn't a lot of money for some, but could be a lot for others, obviously in comparison to like a Hellman's or whatever kind of mayo you're using, $8 is a little steep. Any local Asian market will have it for a lot cheaper. Also, I do believe they sell some kind of dupe at Costco because I'm mortifyingly in a Costco subreddit. I don't really know why because I do not have a Costco membership. I am a what they would call a lurker on the subreddit, but they have a similar product with the same kind of ingredients there. So if you do invest in QP Mayo, which is my favorite kind of investing, I love investing, diversify your investments, people. (laughs) You definitely want to make sure you're diversifying your mayos. You can use QP in place of any kind of regular mayo. So it's super versatile. Then we will need one teaspoon of sriracha. And sriracha is just a type of hot sauce or chili sauce made from chili pepper paste, distilled vinegar, pickled garlic, salt, and sugar. And if you're like me, you've probably had a bottle in your fridge for the past six years. And it's probably fine to use. It's probably been expired for at least three years. But go with God. I I don't know. Sometimes certain things... I feel like have just like an unlimited shelf life. But you know what? Uh, You know, maybe don't listen to me. I'm going to get some fucking emails about people telling me they ate their expired sriracha and now, you know, have the runs and had to go to the hospital, whatever. Um, If you don't have it in the back of your fridge, though, you might find it a little bit trickier to find than a couple years ago because sriracha, like many other things in the world and the economy right now, has been burdened by the supply chain and by global warming. Hoi Fung, which is the maker of the iconic Sriracha brand, they had some issues with their supplier in California, money drama, naturally. And then they ended up trying to then source their chili peppers from a farm in Mexico. But unfortunately, drought conditions has made that really tricky. And so they aren't able to get as many peppers in the amount of time that they need them. So they haven't really been able to provide Sriracha at the level and the speed at which they normally were for years and years. Again, global warming is real, babes. It's affecting condiments. It's affecting real things in people's lives, which I'm not going to go into on this show right now. But you probably will be able to find something at your local store 
It might be a little bit more expensive. You know things are bad for your brand and the world when something is not even being sold on Amazon. So you might be able to find it at your store. If not, you probably can find a Trader Joe's dupe that will taste exactly the same. If you're not able to find that, use a hot sauce. It doesn't matter. It's just, you know, chili pepper paste. So whatever. If you've got some Cholula, if you've got whatever hot sauce you have, just use that. It's fine. Then we will need half an avocado sliced or diced, whatever you'd want. And you're going to want that avocado just to add the additional creaminess. And and why not? You're going to want that avocado to obviously be ripe, which means it's, you know, soft to the touch, not too soft. Once you're starting to feel air pockets when you squeeze into the avocado, you know, you're in for a rude awakening when you open that baby up. You never know what's on the inside of an avocado. I do feel like avocados are genuinely the definition of a, a food plot twist. You just don't know if it's going to be good, bad, ripe, unripe, or just the most disgusting brown thing you've ever seen. So let's make sure we have ripe avocados for this recipe. Then we have one fourth cup of kimchi, which is considered optional in Mariko's recipe, but I do not find it as an optional ingredient in this recipe. Because the mayo and the rice and the salmon and the avocado are all fatty foods, you're going to need a little something to add a little bite and a little texture and a little coolness and just a different type of flavor profile. And that's where the kimchi comes in. And so if you're not familiar with kimchi, it's a Korean salted and fermented vegetable mix, generally using Napa cabbage or Korean radish. I've tried to make it myself a couple times. It is really fun. It's a labor of love. But everyday home cooks are not making kimchi at home. And it's also a nuanced process and takes a lot of other stuff. So don't waste your time. So kimchi gets its really pungent, delicious flavor from all of the seasonings within it itself. So there's gochugaru, which is a Korean chili powder, scallions and garlic and ginger and fish paste. And like many different kinds of, you know, traditional dishes, everybody makes their kimchi a little bit different. So flavor will vary based on, you know, where you are. So they say northern kimchi is generally paler and has a simple and delicate taste, whereas southern kimchi looks a little bit more intense in the red color as well as intensity in the flavor. So it'll be saltier. There will be a spicier pepper vibe because you're using more fish sauce and more seafood within the southern kimchi. So for this recipe, I only had more of a northern kind of kimchi in my pantry. So that's what I'm going with. There is, you know, definitely a little bit of a pungent smell when you are using kimchi. But again, we're leaning in. We're trying new things. And kimchi is also heavily fermented. It's uber, uber healthy for your gut fauna. And, you know, we don't need to be nasty on this show. But you might find your body eliminating sounds and smells that you did not know were possible. But again, that's a good thing. It's positive gut uh, elimination, if you will. Look at how eloquently I could say kimchi will make you fart. Obviously, you could buy it or you can make it on your own. But if you're buying it, you'll probably find it in the vegetable area of your grocery store. Generally, you might find it in like the vegan or health food products. It's probably not really cheap. So again, this is another excuse to then go to a local Asian market where you will get most of your ingredients that for this recipe at a quarter of the price, including the salmon. And not only that, but Asian grocery stores just have a robust selection of vegetables that you might have never tried. I mean, 
going into any Asian grocery store and looking at their mushroom selection will just blow your effing mind. And just buy some fine mushrooms and freaking cook it up with some butter and salt and pepper, some garlic and some shallots, whatever. And you'll just be amazed. I love it. Clearly, I'm writing a love letter to Asian grocery stores, but their frozen section is amazing. Obviously, you know, Trader Joe's stands stand back down because at Asian grocery stores, frozen options for dumplings, for like yummy, delicious, like mochi ice cream. It doesn't even matter. Just go and just buy a ton of shit. And that jar of kimchi can hang out in your fridge for a while. It could be used with a kimchi fried rice, kimchi stew. I've made a kimchi grilled cheese once, kimchi scallion pancakes. The options are endless. And again, if you're still kind of, for this recipe, we'll also need one packet seaweed or nori, whatever you want to call it, can be found in the little individual servings. And you can find those probably at any grocery store at this point. They could be eaten just kind of like a snack for some you know, sadists who just want to eat crunchy (laughs) seaweed snacks. Um, Or you can find larger sheets, which oftentimes is used for sushi wrapping. But if you do find the larger sheets and that's all you can find, just cut it to be a little bit more bite-sized friendly. Again, how many times will I say it? Just go to the goddamn Asian market and you'll find all the stuff there. and It'll be easier and more cost-effective. And then I add a couple extra things on my own. There is something called furikake, which again, I'm probably pronouncing wrong. So all of my, you know, Asian listeners don't, don't come for me. Furikake is a dried Japanese spice blend, which is comprised of nori, which again, as I mentioned, is the dried seaweed, sesame seeds, sugar, salt, and generally some kind of dried fish, which is usually a bonito flake, dried shrimp flakes, or freeze-dried salmon. Again, you might be like, I don't want to eat fish flakes in a seasoning blend. You would never know. So just try it, especially bonito flakes. They're delicious. They're crispy. They're wafer-like. Delicious. It's optional, again, but I like to have a little crunch, adding a little texture to this dish that, again, can possibly lead a little heavy. I generally also add some kind of like diced Kirby cucumbers. I just love cucumbers. I generally just put some chili oil and rice vinegar or whatever kind of vinegar I have on them just to add, again, another layer of freshness and coolness to what is kind of considered a warm dish. So in terms of food waste, this recipe comes together with mainly pantry staples. We have a couple of fresh items like the avocados and the cucumbers, but it will really come together without too much food waste, which we love to see it. So as I mentioned, we won't be using those salmon skins in this recipe. I say eat them up immediately as they are the healthiest part of the fish. If you're not going to eat the salmon skins, if you're not going to give it to your animal, then you probably just have to toss it. I really wouldn't put that into a compost. I'm not sure if you could put it into a stock and I haven't really read anything about that nor have I tried it. So I would just say just eat it. And if you don't like it, keep it to yourself and don't tell me that you don't like it. We have the avocado pit and the skins. You could do a lot of funky things with the pit. I found this website and I'll post it in the show notes again if you're really interested in really going above and beyond with your avocado with your avocado sustainability. Uh, you can obviously propagate them to make an avocado tree, which takes a while and you know difficult to grow depending on where you are. You could dehydrate them, put them into some kind of powder and add them to smoothies and shakes. You could put the pit into a tea. They also suggest putting the skins in hot bath water and then washing yourself with the insides of the avocado skins. But again, this is not the sustainable hill I am dying on. 
I'll add the link to this interesting list of <laughs> options of way. I actually believe they called them genius ways to use your avocado peeds and pits. But if I were you, I would just compost them and move on with your day. I'm sorry. I, I'm not taking avocado skins into the bath with me. I'm not doing it. You can't make me. So now we're at the cooking process and you will notice that this comes together aggressively fast. So as I mentioned 632 times on this episode, this is billed as a leftover meal, which means we're starting off with cold salmon and cold rice. But if you have fresh salmon you just cooked and fresh rice you just cooked, just, you know, fast forward like 30 seconds and don't listen to any of this part. But you can just move on to the sauces section of the recipe are heating up your rice and your salmon, you're going to first take the salmon and just use your fork and mash it into a bunch of flakes. Chunks are fine. Do you. If you don't like it really small, keep them chunky. If you don't like it chunky, keep them small. Up to you. This is your meal. Do whatever the hell you want. But we do want to make sure that the chunks aren't that big because you want to be able to kind of fit everything into a perfect little like taco, if you will, with the nori wrap and the rice mixture and the avocado, and the kimchi, and the cucumbers, and the furikake, and whatever the hell else you are wanting to put on this. So now this is where this ice cube comes in. Miss Mariko broke the internet with this maneuver, and I must know where she came up with this. Probably her very chic mom, because she's posted shit with her mom, she's posted shit at her parents, like beautiful, <laughs> sprawling estate. And I say estate, I don't say house, <laughs> because there is a big difference. I feel like she had like a <laughs> a seven foot long grill in her backyard <laughs> like how many people are you guys hosting again I digress but she places the salmon with the rice on top and a single ice cube on top of it and then she covers it all with some wax paper parchment paper whatever you've got and she puts it in the microwave to warm it all up so this obviously is creating steam which will then fully reheat the food and I think this ice cube trick really uh, shocked shocked viewers because I had never seen that before. And I've actually used that trick many times after. And what's also interesting is that once you're done microwaving it for whatever, two minutes, the ice cube doesn't melt. So I don't know what's going on in a microwave. I'm very suspect as to what's happening that blasts the hell out of your food to make it warm, cooks it, thaws it. I don't know what's going on in that thing, but your ice cube comes out pretty much unscathed but your rice and your salmon will be warm and fully reheated so great pro tip thank you emily again huffington post had to have many articles writing about this because i guess there's not enough news about other things going on in the world but it's a very interesting tip but also just stick it in the microwave you don't need to do any of these stupid things if you really don't want to if you're just trying to get food on the table stick the rice stick the salmon in the microwave and cook it we're done wow how quickly i went from being in awe of this technique to just saying screw it why are we wasting our time then everything will come together very quickly you'll add your soy sauce you'll add your cupy mayo you'll add your sriracha and then you'll mix it all up from there you'll taste for seasoning if you are looking for a little bit more saltiness add a splash more of soy sauce if you feel like it needs a little bit more of a spicy kick, if you're feeling spicy, add some more sriracha. Pretty much from there, you'll just add your sliced avocados to the side of the dish. You'll add your cucumbers if we're going that route. You'll add your furikake or your sesame seeds, whatever you've got. And then 
you know, have a cute little bowl of kimchi on the side, have your little roasted seaweed nori, and get the freaking eating. This dish, obviously, if you ask me, calls just for a perfect bite, which means you're wrapping the rice mix with a little bit of kimchi and a little bit of avocado in one delicious bite. It is a salty umami explosion in your mouth. It is so easy to whip together on a busy weeknight. Obviously, scale up this recipe if you want to have some leftovers. I would say let's not throw this in the freezer because rice in the freezer never really ends well. And also there's a lot of heavy sauces and it just it just won't be freezer friendly. And if you want to be like Emily Mariko or me, because we are both very chic, you will eat it with chopsticks because it's really fun, even though I will say that's not my best look when I'm using chopsticks I I don't want anyone watching me I have small hands and so the chopsticks never fit and as I'm saying small hands that means nothing I've seen like YouTube videos of like eight months old kids in Japan eating with eating flawlessly with chopsticks so I have no excuse for being um, a classless um, American (laughs) but I'm telling you make this dish it's delicious it's easy it comes together so quickly and make a little trip to the Asian market you'll find yourself really having a lot of fun if you're anything like me and just want to spend an afternoon looking at labels of things that I can't really understand and just saying fuck it let's go home and try this. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please reach out and let me know your thoughts on this recipe. I'm assuming you've made it. And if you haven't, this episode is the perfect excuse for you to go and try it. If you have a suggestion for a future recipe for me to try, shoot me an email at megan at thehcgpodcast.com. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Home Cook's Guide. If you're loving the show, leave me a five-star rating and a glowing review. You can also follow me on social media at thehcgpodcast.com. Or shoot me an email at megan at thehcgpodcast.com. And let's not forget, I spell my name the right way, M-E-G-A-N. Got any good recipes? Send them my way, please. And be sure to tune in every week for more delicious recipes.